Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our fall series, Created, Made for More, focusing our hearts toward biblical manhood and womanhood. God's beautiful design will lead us toward the flourishing He intends for us. Now, turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Today, you have stumbled, we're kind of halfway through a series called Created, Made for More. Um, And what we've been talking about is, uh, well, and just today's topic, uh, let me tell you a story. Uh, I feel like a storyteller today. Um, So I'm preaching on women's, a man preaching on women's purpose today. Uh, What could go wrong, right? Um, And I literally had some guys call me and text me and say, man, it's been good knowing you. Uh, I'm like, what's wrong? You know, they were, it's almost like they wanted to give me an embrace and be like, I was like, whoa, 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 everything's going to be fine. I'm just preaching scripture. That's it. Um, everything will be fine. We'll work it all out. But getting up to this point, what we are trying to talk about is how God created men and women to operate together. How did God design, everybody say design. How did God design Men and women to work together. We, we said that men and women have an elevated worth because of the image of God on them. We said that um, women, are, women and men are equal in dignity, value, and worth. Um, and can I tell you something? It is life-changing. Hear me. It is life-changing when it sinks down inside your mind and heart that you bear the image of God in you, in you, that the very creator of the universe put his image in us. Um, And then we talked about, you know, what makes a man, a, a, a male a man, what makes a boy a man isn't just biology, right? I know some boys. I know some, I know some boys that can shave, okay? You know what I'm saying? Um, so there's a distinguished uh, markers, there are markers that make one a man, not just a male, and there are distinguished markers that make a woman a woman and not just a female. And so we talked about man's purpose. We're going to talk about women's purpose today, but just to recap what man's purpose was, we said man's, God's role for man um, is defined in headship, the unique leadership of man and the work of establishing um, order for human flourishing. So this is the unique leadership of the man. And look, you can't argue this. You can't argue this because you, you want to argue sociologically, you want to argue uh, economically, where there are men punting on their responsibilities as biblical men, you see the world burn. You see families ravaged. You go to any community where they, it's um, just completely broken apart and what you'll see is fatherlessness. What you'll see is lazy men. That's why, they're so, that's why lazy men are so damaging to human flourishing. And I, I like to, we said a couple weeks ago when we talked about man's purpose that 
single moms, widows. I have a single mom. She raised us, four of us. My mom raised four of us from the time we were about 11. All the, well, she's still raising us. You know what I'm saying? That never stops. Single moms and widows, where the ideal is lacking, grace abounds. I can't overstate that. I have seen mamas and grandmamas go before the Lord when their men would not and call on his name for the lives of their kids, and the Lord responds just the same. Yeah, maybe even more so. I feel like sometimes my wife prays and stuff starts happening, and I pray, and he's like, you're an idiot. You know what? Um, what, do you, what are you praying? How, why are you praying that way? Um, grace abounds all the more. And we talked about that men exercise this headship in three ways. So if you have a man in your life, not necessarily a husband or boyfriend, just men in your life should have three characteristics in, in leading and loving you. One of those is sacrificial love. Men should love, men should lead out. How? By wringing themselves out for their families and their church. Where there are men properly exercising headship, you see uh, givers, not takers. Boys take, men give. Okay, that is a marker. Then we talked about them setting up the spiritual climate of the home and the church and that they physically care and protect for the women in their lives. That was the call, but I'm not preaching to men today. I'm preaching to women. So we're, today, we're going to talk about what is women's role in human flourishing? What, what is their purpose? And I sent this message to and got this signed off on by all my female staff. Yeah, so, hey, look, safe bets today, safe bets. Um, But let me tell you that the word of God um, will ring true in everyone's heart today. Men, this is going to help you understand how your uh, wife, your girlfriend, your sisters, your mom, this is how women function within human flourishing And how God designed it to work. So Genesis chapter 2, we're going to start in 18. We read this last week, so it should be familiar. Starting in verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good. Say not good. For man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Some of your versions will say fit for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock and the birds of the sky and the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of his ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh 
from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. I'm going to point out, this isn't part of the sermon. Let me just point out three things, contextually, that stick out to me. Three standouts, okay? Three standouts from the text we just read. And the very first one is that one Eve was made. One Eve was made. Why does that matter? This book was written during a time where polygamy or the, the, um, the lifestyle of having more than one wife was commonplace. Let me tell you something. I can't imagine having more than one wife. I can't even keep up with my own, much less have more than one. But this, for Moses, Moses is the one who is writing this, for Moses to write this, that there was one Eve amongst a polygamous society was radical. You know what's was radical? She was taken from his rib. This is the other thing I noticed. He could have taken it from any other part of the body, but he took it from the rib where just um, by his side, not under him, but by his side, kind of pointing to the intimacy with which he was creating the woman right here. And the last thing is that it would have been considered scandalous for a man to leave his family and cling to his wife in this day and time. It would have been a uh, crazy thought for a man to be like, yeah, I am no longer um, pledged to my family. I am now, all of my allegiance goes to my wife. Now, wives, I don't need any nudges like, you know, you listen to your mom all the time. No, I don't need any of that. I just want you to know that it was wild that Moses would have written that a man should leave his wife, leave his family and cling to his wife. And so jumping into the text this morning and women's purpose, there's a very important phrase and every part of the phrase matters. Everybody say it matters. If you don't get the whole thing, if you don't get the whole thing, you'll miss something. And that phrase is this, a helper fit for him or a helper just right for him. Now the term here, helper, okay, is highly contextualized. So you have to understand the sentence. You have to look at the whole sentence that the word is in to understand what a helper is. Everybody say a helper. It comes from the Hebrew word azer. Um, and just to give you like a, an example, it would be like the word fast. Say fast. Fast can mean a couple different things. Fast could mean speed. Um, Fast could mean um, I'm not going to eat. A fast could mean uh, that um, I'm 
I'm holding fast. If I say a preacher holds fast to the word of God, it means he holds tightly to it. So it can mean tightly. It can mean food, uh, not eating food. It could be speed. It could also reference shadiness. Uh, A guy who does fast dealings. The way we know what fast means, so, okay, for example, if I say, hey, I went to Kaysen's um, soccer game, and she was really fast. <laughs> She's, don't, don't be hard on her, mama. She said, that's a lie. No, no, it's not a lie. If I said Kaysen's fast, no one's going to come up to me and say, oh, she's not eating today, Right? If, um, if I say one of the ladies here in the church is, is doing a 21-day fast, you're not going to say, oh, she's doing wind sprints in the parking lot? No. If I say a pastor is holding fast to the word of God, your mind isn't going to go to, oh, he's, a sh- he's doing shady stuff in the background? No. Why? Context. Say context. I'm going to keep you awake this morning. It's highly contextual. Here, and the big question is this. In the role of human flourishing, when it comes to men and women, do women have a subordinate role to the man in the work of human flourishing? If I say helper, does that insinuate a lesser, lower, or subordinate position? No. No. Let me tell you why. Some of y'all are like, some of, some of y'all already have fumes like coming out of your ears. It's going to be okay. We're going to work it out. What we've already talked about is this. Women are equal in dignity, value, and worth. Right? As man. Equal in dignity, value, and worth. And if we look at the context of this word azer or helper all throughout Scripture, what we will find is that azer is most often referred to when, uh, to God when he's helping man. Azer, when used in this context, in the way it's used, most often refers to God helping man. Let me point out a couple. Exodus 18 in chapter 4 says, um, oh, that's Genesis. Let me go to Exodus. Because that what I just read would make no sense to you or me. Exodus 18 chapter 4 says, His second son was named Eliezer. You hear the Azer? And then it describes his name. For Moses had said, the God of my ancestors was my helper. He rescued me from the sword of Pharaoh. If you go over to Deuteronomy 37 or 33 verse 7, it says, Moses said this about the tribe of Judah. O Lord, hear the cry of Judah and bring them together as a people. Give them strength to defend their cause. Help them. Azer, help them against their enemies. And even in Psalm 33 and verse 20, we put our hope in the Lord. He is our Azer. He is our helper. 
and our shield. Just by this word, a helper. So we've got to figure out the whole phrase, a helper fit for him. Just in analyzing and looking at how Scripture treats the word helper, it brings, and, and the fact that it is most often referring to God helping man, it brings honor to the position. No one would look at God and say he is inferior or subordinate to us, right? But he is most definitely our azer, our helper. So it's not an inferior role. It is not a subordinate role. Women don't play second fiddle to the man. However, they are distinct in this way. They have a distinct role in helping the one with the primary responsibility. They have a distinct role in helping the one with the primary responsibility. Let me explain. If Ian... Wave, Ian. Ian's our director of connections and outreach. If Ian comes to me in the church office and he says, Pastor Carl, I need your help with this. I need your help with this. And I go to help him. Am I the one with the primary responsibility? No. But he could not achieve what he needed to achieve by himself. So the one with the primary responsibility needed the help of someone else because they are weaker, not necessarily stronger, right? Everybody say weaker. It's not inferior or subordinate, but a distinct role in helping the one with primary responsibility. They, women have the unique and distinct giftings and wiredness to come alongside the man in human flourishing, in developing our homes, in developing our families, in developing our churches. No one would refer to God as inferior or lesser for his helping mankind. So why would we ever look at women as if (laughs) what they're doing isn't as important as what the man is doing? A helper fit for him. So fit for him. So this actually, this fit for him points us to the complementarian nature of man and woman. They're meant to complement one another. We just talked last week that God saw all that he created and said, man, this is good. Say, that's good. Yeah, just like when you bite into a, 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 a fresh uh, Krispy Kreme donut, like when you, you go to KFC and you get a bite of that chicken leg. Oh, that's good preaching. Look, y'all, y'all need to wake up. Lord, I was about to shout. Um, I'm hungry. Uh, glory. God saw all that he had created and said, man, that's good. And he saw one thing and he said, that's not good. You know what he saw? Man alone. He created all these, he created all this stuff saying, oh, he needs a helper. He needs someone to help him complete all that I've called him to do. He needs someone and couldn't find anyone until he created woman. 
And then he looked and he said, this is very good. This is very good. Now, men need women to do all that God has called them to be. Women need men in all, to do all the things God has called them to be. A helper fit for him. The weaknesses of one are met with the strengths of the other. They're, hear me, men and women are not designed to compete. I was watching some news about there was some controversy over a, um, a biological male who identified as female, okay, um, but they let him wrestle in high school in the women's league. Oh, he dominated. He just, he owned it. And that, look, I'm not making light here, but I'm just saying Men and women. And you look, send me your email about, well, my cousin is a power lifter and her husband got crushed by a car and she lifted up off of him. I would say that is more um, a, a one-off situation and not design, um, not uh, normative. They're not designed to compete, but they are absolutely designed to complement one another. Equal in dignity, value, and worth. Distinct in how we work all that out. Distinct in role. There is a lot of voice. Baby, what time is it? I don't even know where my phone is. Look, y'all are in trouble. I ain't got my phone. Huh? 54. Oh, glory. I'll finish. There are a lot of voices that try and wash out the distinction between men and women in today's world. And what is lost is the beauty of God's design in men operating in their distinct giftings and wirings and women operating in their distinct giftings and wirings. I don't want us to be the same because it's not how God designed us to be. God designed us to complement one another. So last, um, when we talked about man's purpose, we talked about what that looks like in the home and in the church. So let's do that real quick, and then I'll close. Um, in Ephesians chapter 5, and, and you don't have to go there, because I just want to give you an overview. Typically, in some circles, uh, when you have this discussion, what here's what men will, uh, most men will do this in some circles, not here. We have great men here. Let me tell you, we got great men here. I've, I've had this discussion with multiple men, and they go, well, why don't you go to Ephesians 5, verse 20? Wives, submit to your husbands. I've been in marriage counseling sessions, and that verse come up. Look, that is terrible. You want to see a fight break out? You should be in the room when a husband goes, hey, pastor, can you tell her? Can you tell her about Ephesians 5.20? Submit. It's, it's one of man's hangups and hurdles where he, he goes over to passive aggression. 
because he just wants her to do what he, he says, and he doesn't want to be checked on his responsibility to sacrificially love. Oh, see? Y'all don't want preaching like that. Y'all don't want preaching like that. You might leave here changed. Woo! Boy, I, w- I wish this word would change you before you leave. That's my prayer. You, you know that's why your pastor gets up here every week. It's not for a couple giggles and to see your face. It's because I believe God has more for you and expects more and has a life for you that is even bigger than you can imagine. And that happens when you submit to the word of God. So to those guys who say, oh, Ephesians 5.20, I go, let's go back to 15 where it talks about how as a Christian there is a mutual submission that should happen one to the other. Before he ever goes to the wife and says, submit to your husband, he goes to both of them and says, listen, you both submit to each other. And that will tell others that you're a Christian. Where you see homes where people won't submit to each other, there is godlessness and bickering. You want to know why you bicker so much at home? You want to know why you bicker with the males and females in your life? You refuse to humble yourself enough to submit to one another. It looks different for men and women, though. So in, let's go to Titus real quick. Titus 2, 2 through 8. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. You want a definition of a man? That's what it should look like. Self-controlled, worthy of respect, live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. Can I tell you that mamas teach like nobody else can? That is something that, hey, look, I know some great men teachers, uh, sure. But it's something about... um, specifically, and I don't know if she's watching today. She might watch this later. Tammy Johnson goes to New Kent Christian Center where uh, me and Kirsten used to pastor, and it never fails. Wherever Tammy Johnson is speaking into the lives of other people, it is crushing and impact. I leave different every time she speaks. Man, she can teach. Um, Let me keep going. Older women teach. Um, These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure and to work in their homes. We'll cover that. That's not saying you can't work outside the home. To do good and to be submissive to their husbands. Hear this. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Let Let me point to this before we even get ready to close. When we don't get this right, it brings shame on God. For a, a declared Christian to operate outside of this scripture brings shame on God. Let that sink in. This isn't just about your home being the best it can be. It's about that, but it's also about honoring God. Say, honor God. Let me, let me break this down. One, um, a couple things stick out here. 
And we're not talking about women's hurdles. We'll talk about that next week. Um, But you can see some of the hurdles that women can fall into, slandering. Uh, He didn't label this under guys. Uh, Can I be honest with you? I don't even think about most of the, my guy friends until I see them face to face. I really don't. Um, I pray for you as your pastor, but as far as my friends go, I'm not concerned about gossiping about you because I really don't think about you. Um, some of y'all are like, oh, that is savage. Well, I'm just being honest. Um, but let me tell you something. Women have a unique way. They have a unique way about them. They remember everything. And they just want to talk about it. They want to talk about it. Anyway, we'll, we'll cover that later. Um, I'm trying to make sure I'm back here next week and don't get murdered in the parking lot. Um, but watch what, um, you see what the call to men is. So I'm not going to go over that. But what I will say is this. Um, women should be teaching others to do what is good. There's There's... Um, it says here, older women train the younger women. Um, instead, they should teach each other what is good. Can, and, and all of you are gonna know this is to be true, whether you're Christian or not, you'll know this to be true. The power women have to influence the souls and minds of their husbands and the men in their lives is staggering. Let me tell you something. You can come up to... Uh, they told me this when I was interning in college. If you want to go into ministry, you've got to have thick skin. You've got to have thick skin. Um, and trust me, pastoring has done that. I have some thick skin. You can't hurt me. Um, you can, after service today, you can come out to that foyer where I'm standing, and you, be, and you can tell me how I'm wrong, and you're a terrible preacher, and I'm never coming back here again, and you can take a whiz in the corner of the foyer and walk away. And look, after we have security tase you and, and, and call the police for the whole urination deal, um, I will go home and I will, was that too much? I feel like sometimes that's too much. I feel like I go too far, but it's already out there now. I'm sorry. It's, they're calling an elders meeting after this. I see, I hear it now. Um, Got to work on that. Um, because now I'm just, my, it's gone. No, I'm just kidding. The, and I will go to sleep soundly. I will sleep like a baby. But let me tell you something. If my wife just gives me an inkling or says one word about how she's disappointed or something's wrong, my world stops can't think about anything else. Now, look, when I'm, my wife will tell you this. When I'm stressed, I sleep more. Uh, when my wife's stressed, she stays up all night. Uh, when I'm stressed, it's like I'm coaxed into unconsciousness. Um, and some people would say, Carl, why don't you just develop a thicker skin towards your wife? And I'm, I'm not about losing any type of intimacy I have with my wife over fear of getting hurt. Hear me, women in the room today. The power you have to influence the people around you, do not underestimate. Do not underestimate. 
They say happy wife, happy life. It is no kidding. You want your home to be happy? Mama's got to be happy. And you know why that is? Hear me. Whose primary responsibility is it to set the spiritual tone of the home? The husband. If, he, if his wife isn't able to come alongside him to do that, look, he will not achieve that. It will not happen. So, and it takes effort. And, and I'll just kind of off to the side here. Men, if you spent as much effort as you do on hunting, hobbies, video games, uh, watching sports on TV, if you put all that effort into your wife, you would be shocked. Hey, 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 easy now. There's almost a Jericho march around this place. (laughs) I've never heard the women speak so loud in my life. Have mercy. Look, I'm saying that out of my own conviction. This can happen. You know this can work. Right complementarian relationships alleviate and dismiss wrong uh, perceptions. A lot of people, when I say complementarian, um, people will say, oh, he's, he's some kind of old school patriarchal women in the kitchen type. And that is just not the case. I hope you're hearing that in this message today. That women have a unique role in the flourishing of their families, churches, and communities by coming alongside and working together, complementing one another. And where that's not happening, you won't see those things. And some of you are like, well, I've never seen this work out, you know. Pastor, I've never seen what this looks like. If you were to come into our home, now look, we argue sometimes. I know you're shocked. Um, Me and my wife argue sometimes, but by and large, most of the time, you will come into my wife knowing that I think she's the most beautiful woman on the earth, that she's an incredible mom, that I love that she cleans the house, because I don't. I'm terrible about picking up after myself. And it will dismiss. And look, I am the head of my home. And my wife would say that she is given room to flourish in her giftings and all that God has called her to be. She doesn't feel like a doormat at our house. It will dismiss any thought that men operating in headship and women operating in helpership is somehow subordinate. No. No, there is honor there. There's honor. And in the church, just very quickly, women are needed and necessary in the flourishing of the church. Ladies, hear me. Acts 4, you see women disciples working alongside the birthing of the very first church. In Titus 2, you see Priscilla teaching Aquila in Acts 18. You see in Corinth, you see women praying in the large gathering. You see them prophesying and operating in all the gifts of the Spirit. You see women operating in every form and fashion. You see Phoebe um, operating as a deacon in the church. Women are indispensable to the work of the Lord and forwarding of the gospel. 
And single women, how, how can you be a helper? I know I'm running short on time. I'm just going to point out, a. when I met my wife, she was single. I think, you know, there's some questions there. Um, <laughs> I'm trudging up the past. Um, but I like to think she was single. Okay, so she... Uh, but she was going after it. I found her leading worship. She was leading worship at her church. She was leading the band and the praise team. She was just leading out, and she was just doing her thing. What I'm speaking about, how, how can you be a helper when you're single? This is how. Don't wait don't sit back and wait for your husband. Don't wait and sit back for a man to come along and, 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 and to go after all that God has called you to do. God's call on your life is not dependent on a man. Kirsten was going after it. Look at Ray. Look at Ray. She's single. Yeah, if I, I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe online today. Ray's single. And... Um, she can sing. She's great. Um, I'm not trying to give you a pitch here, Ray. I'm sorry. I'm embarrassing you. Um, but Ray is single and going after all that God has called her to do. And doing it ferociously, leading out in all her giftings on our staff here. Um, another one I thought about is Angie Molina. Angie leads Grace Home Ministry. She is a single Mom, really, uh, she has no kids of her own, but she is raising four of her nieces and nephews. And she is the program director for Grace Home Ministries, ministering to teen moms with unexpected pregnancies. There is no need, single ladies, here and online, widows, the, the call of God is not tied to men. The call of God is tied to God. And he birthed you with a purpose. He said, he didn't say, men, I formed you in the room with purpose, you know, before the foundations of the earth. No, he said, all of you, my people, I have called by my name. We want to see women flourish, help grow their homes and churches and create space for them to lead out in their giftings. And all that God has called them to be. Ladies, hear me. There is something God is calling you to do here at this church and in your home. There is work to be done. And it is not under the thumb of someone else. It is, it is distinct and whole. All on its own. And in complement to men. And not necessarily a husband or boyfriend, but in the work we do here, I need all of you sisters to do what God has called you to do for us to be able to achieve all that God has called us to do as a church. So just to recap, men, y'all can go ahead and come up. I'm closing. I did good. Men are called to biblical headship, which is the unique leadership of man in the work of establishing order for human flourishing. Women, hear me, and then I'm gonna close. Women are called to be a biblical helpmate, which is the unique leadership of the woman, of women, who serve God by helping men in the work of establishing order for human flourishing.
Let me read that again. Women are called to be a biblical helpmate, which is the unique leadership of women who serve God, not man, who serve God by helping men achieve all that God has called us to do. The most devastating thing I see in society today is this idea that we don't need each other. In some circles, it's that women don't need men. In other circles, it's men don't need women. And what I declare to you today is that is not how God designed it to work. And when we operate outside of his design, don't be confused why things aren't working out. Don't be shocked at why your marriage is rocky. Don't be shocked at why the church isn't functioning just right. Don't be shocked why your community looks the way it does. Because somewhere there is men who are being uh, who are punting on all that God has called them to be, and there are, may also be women who are punting on their unique role to come alongside people and care for them and teach and love and lead out in all that God has called them to do. We're going to take some time to pray. Hear this, Pastor, today. This can be done. This can be done. You may hear all this and be like, oh, that's fantasy and fairy tales, preacher. Do you live in the real world? Let me tell you something. I've been seven years in the working trying to figure it out, and I'm still trying to figure it out. But I believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit and the work Christ did on the cross on my behalf, that he can redeem all the areas in me that are not of him. And ladies, he can redeem and rework all those wounds of men who weren't operating like they should have been. Yeah, preach it, baby. Good God. He is waiting on you to respond. I was looking... Um, today uh, no it's okay she wants to shout let her shout I might shout with her here in a minute we're going to take some time and worship and then Steph is going to come and close uh, us in prayer and, and do some next steps women hear me today God is calling you out to step into the fray and get to work let's go Let's do it. There's no retiring from the call and purpose of God. You know that? You can retire from Philip Morris and Reynolds Metal. You can retire. Look, this man over here is still working at it. Look, you can look all around this room and you'll see men and women coming together for the good of the gospel so that other people can know Jesus. He's calling you to it. He's calling you to it. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.